Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One of the great things about doing a podcast for some eight years is that when you come by a new wonderful podcast you can actually promote it on your platform so uh, without any further ado i would like to implore you dear listener to go and to listen to the being berlin pod it's produced by mac matan who set off for berlin in the august of 2020 what she does is interview berliners And whilst you might be saying to yourself, well, I'm sat in Boise, Idaho, or Christchurch, New Zealand, what does this have to do with me? Fundamentally, this is a story about humanity, about people finding themselves, finding their home, and connecting with others. It just so happens that it all happens within Berlin. So if you like human stories, I'm proud to be able to promote the Being Berlin podcast. Go and find it on a podcatcher of your choice today. Each month, over 80,000 people download podcasts produced from the fevered mind of Royfield Brown. They cover a gamut of topics like maps, politics, American presidents, history, the archers, Formula One, Jamaican culture, and Englishness. Go to wherever you get your podcast and type in Royfield Brown to discover a new favorite podcast today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. It's Archers Fan and Ambridge Pony Club. Buggy Squires. And Buggy Squires. And we're going to see Dumpty 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 Dum. Dumpty Dumpty Dada. Dumpty 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 Dum. Dumpty 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 This week's Dumpty Dum is from Buggy Squires, Ambridge Pony Club and Archers Fan 2015. That's our Bernadette, Jen and Brian, who had a fabulous Dumpty Dum meetup in Margate last Sunday. So thank you for the Dumpty Dum there. And this Dumpty Dum, as it happens, is sponsored by Brian Holding, who donated to Dumpty Dum this week. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the rally darky drama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the potential hunt sap, who is Royfield Brown, and today I'm joined by the creepy old woman, who is Jacqueline Berto in Sanguen in Brittany, France. So, on this episode, we'll hear from Witherspoon, Jonah Titchmarsh, Christopher of The Voice McKiddy, <laughs> Rachel from Doncaster, Sarah from Hampshire, David Mullis, formerly Cycling Christine, Jenny, first time caller in from North Virginia but sounding like she comes from Cheshire, Pip Robinson from Thornton Heath, our man Jonah Jazz and Jen Ambridge Pony Club. Plus folks, we have Tweet of the Week from our Purple <clears throat> Pumpkin, 
and we have a social media roundup from Stephen Bowden. Don't forget, folks, we've got loads of content over there on YouTube. Go to YouTube, type in Dum Dum, and you'll see great interviews we've conducted over there, as well as going onto YouTube. Don't forget, at the end of the show, you'll have the opportunity to hear a Facebook roundup, and we'll be welcoming new members to our Facebook group. But do we need to talk about Kill Jill already, Royfield, or should we just follow the script? <laughs> I thought you said you had things to do after we recorded the show. I think I think we need to I focus. Mean, I can't help I it. I think you need to focus. <laughs> Sorry. So I'm, I'm focusing on Kill Jill, right? Right. Uh, Quentin Tarantino has nothing on what I'm thinking about Jill at this minute. Okay, first, let's look at the week in Ambridge from our Stephen Bowden. <laughs> What a week it's been in Ambridge. On Sunday, Leonard's plans to renovate the hen house, I'm thinking feature walls and Bronte novels on every perch, <laughs> got caught up in explosive rows breaking out all over Brookfield. First, Jill said some undeniably harsh and blinkered things to Ben. Then Ruth let rip at David about what Jill had said to Ben. And then she threw restraint to the wind with a magnificent tirade at Jill, which could probably be heard halfway to Lower Loxley. Meanwhile, over at Lower Loxley, the teenage generation were doing what teenagers do best, mixing wild idealism with boiling hormones. Looking for ways to sabotage the hunt ball without getting in the way of his maths initiative, Brad took a clue from an ancient map and came up with a cunning plan. This relied on him and Mia having low-key jobs. Or did he mean low-key jobs? As in Loki, the Norse god of mischief, get it? Oh, never mind. Suit yourselves. Julianne was back, dishing out birthday treats to Rory, but otherwise taking no interest in his personal life except when it affected her. Like when Rory was on the brink of landing an internship with none other than Penelope Sanford. Who? Never mind, whoever she was, Julianne didn't like the idea at all. Is it just me? Or is their relationship getting increasingly toxic? Luckily, the cake that Jennifer made for Rory was far from toxic. Do you see what I did there? And it allowed him to build bridges with Ben. Incidentally, it's good to know that Jennifer is alive and baking, but it does seem an age since we actually heard her voice. I do hope she's not trapped in the Willow Cottage kitchen. Having failed to cheer Ben up, Rory was almost tempted by a big night out with veterinary nurse Paul featuring a Chinese buffet and karaoke at the Pearl Palace in Holliton. Who knew that Holliton had such bright lights? But they weren't so bright that we couldn't see a real spark between Rory and Paul. When Brad dropped some stuff from the shop off with Oliver at the food bank, it was hard not to spot the sharp contrast between tins of peaches and soup that were near to their sell-by dates and the elaborate dinner and chocolate fountain on offer at the Hunt Ball. And while the fact that some of the proceeds from the ball were going to the food bank was enough to make Brad momentarily worried about his cunning plan, I'm not sure it was really a way of bringing things back to life, as Oliver put it. Meanwhile, Freddie had bagged Flawed to play at the Hunt Ball. You know, Flawed. They had that big hit with that song. Or, or am I thinking about Pink Flawed? Either way, it was enough to persuade Paul that he should go to the ball with Rory. And the big day arrived. Brad and Mir made their statement about the unacceptability of hunting in 2022 using road signs. It was really quite effective, although it ended up costing Eddie a wing mirror and quite possibly oil stains on the pink velour trim in the back of his limo. And it left Oliver wanting to wring the neck of whoever was responsible. So much for bringing things back to life. But it was successful enough to leave Mir trying to decide what to sabotage next as long as it's not Brad's future. Rory was all tuxed up, and according to Elizabeth, looking like James Bond. I'm thinking, Pierce Brosnan era? Maybe in that smoking extravaganza, the gazebo is not enough? What? And then we went back to Brookfield, where Ruth was serving up chilli with rice, or awkward silences, apparently, until Leonard turned up, allowing Ruth to let rip at him too, making him feel rather unwelcome. Still, Ruth managed to calm things down. Then David mentioned to Jill that they were selling four acres of land by Hollow Tree. 
This caused a whole new eruption, ending with Jill storming out, presumably dragging Leonard along in her wake. Will the hen house never be renovated? So there we are. There we go. Thank, thank you, Mr. B. Right. I know you want to talk about uh, Jill Archer. No, but lots of other people do, so let's go on. We'll listen to the calls and I'll add my bits on afterwards. All right, but it, it is customary for us right here and now to at least comment on the week <laughs> in Ambridge just before, just before we move on. A good week for me, but what, how was it for you? Awesome week. Tremendous. Pumped. <laughs> Two stunning episodes where, you know, Ruth yeah. let people have it with both barrels. Even poor Leonard, who was taken out by collateral damage, just had to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, had his head taken off awesome week great we're in agreement then so i think we need to listen to what the other people have to say right then first hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Ambridge 3962. We've got a bumper week of calls. First one, it's your Chris. He's Christopher and he's not in Aberdeen. He's much further south, so I'm guessing now Dundee. Go on, Christopher, we're going to get your address out of you in the end. (laughs) All right, here we go. Christopher, from the seaside, but not from Aberdeen, further south. My my unpopular view is that in this whole long sort of drawn-out saga, I can't help but feel that, that, that Brad actually displayed the, the correct instincts in, in his slightly chivalric charging up to the bed and, and, and challenging him to a fight. I can't help but feel that the situation might have been better dealt with all round if there had been more violence and less talking. It, I think there would have been significantly less rancour and, and viciousness and, and huffing in the current situation that we have now. And I, I think actually if I'd been... I, I was very hostile towards Vince's behaviour in the pub and his singling out of, of, of Chelsea, his outing of Chelsea. However, in his in his position, I think I think I would have punched Ben. Not for the pregnancy, but for his treatment of, of Beth, which I thought was appalling. I'm not a big fan of Beth, but I thought the way he treated her was, was appalling. He actually threw her out, and had it been my daughter, I would have punched Ben. And uh, I think Vince would have felt better. And Ben might have felt better. And then we could have all moved on. And, and, and all this talking and where has it got us? Nowhere. So I feel, scriptwriters, I think, yeah, I think more violence and, 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 and less talking. And I think, I think we, we can get through the other side of this, of this storyline. But uh, that may not be a modern view. But, uh, but it's the one that I'm sticking to. Anyway, goodbye. We love you too, Christopher. Uh, I, I think I love him too also. However, I don't think we can condone violence. No, not at all. In fact, I was almost, I was about to say, I think we need to say, we love you, but less violence, please. Mm-hmm. I, neither of us mm-hmm. condone violence. But I understand where he's coming from. And I'll tell you one thing which I did agree with him on, is he said, 
if he'd have punched Ben, Vince would have felt better. But also Ben would have felt better because Ben, I keep saying he's self-flagellating. Like he wants to feel. Yeah, but he doesn't need to self-flagellate. So. <laughs> you know, he you know he, no. he wants to feel that there is a, a physical cost actually to what he's done. In- incredibly, yeah. incredibly psychological in that regard. Uh, Christopher was, uh, was spot on. Your Christopher, sorry, because we I can't claim him, can I? He's yours. No, you can't. He's definitely mine. That voice is mine. Although I've got another Christopher in my life, so I can't really. But right, I'm guessing Dundee, Christopher. Let us know. All right, then smashing. Now, just just before you talk about that voice, I've been told that I've got a nice voice too. Just saying. You have got a nice voice, Royfield. Why have you never told me that before? Why are you always so sparing with <laughs> your, your head's compliments? Big enough, anyway. <laughs> Gosh, all right, it's like that is it? Anyway. <laughs> Now, from your Christopher, we're going to my Rachel in Doncaster. No. Oof, nice. Hello, Jacqueline Royfield and fellow Dumpty Dummers. Rachel from Doncaster here. I wanted to call in something in support of the Mir and Brad storyline because I imagine more people were very annoyed with it. I just found it really delightfully silly and I... It, I found it really fun. It took me back to the days when I was a teenage environmental activist and did some actions that were way more ridiculously politically, strategically ineffectual than that was. But then having said that, what was the point of it? Hunting with Dogs was banned in 2004. That was 18 years ago. And there has been like a little, was there maybe a little bit of a hint that they were still, that the hunt did do some illegal hunting, like back when Rob was slowly showing his true colours and I think he punched a hunt saboteur in the face or something and like I'm, I can't really remember maybe you can remember was it clear if the hunt did illegally hunt animals because I know a lot of hunts do I've always found it a bit difficult to imagine a hunt that sanctimonious shulers involved in doing anything illegal but maybe they do but what's weird is Mia and Brad weren't discussing that they weren't like oh it's illegal and then it's still happening they just didn't even mention it. So what do they think they're protesting about? It's almost as if they are protesting something that last happened 18 years ago. But, you know, it was enjoyable. I was all for it. Mm. Well, good good call, Rachel. And I agree. I'm very confused by all of this because it's been going on a long time, this anti-hunting, this no hunting. Mm. Well, I, I, I think... They were protesting about hunting per se, weren't they? Right, but but you know what? I, yeah. the, the nuance could well be lost on my little towny sensibilities. All I know <laughs> is that when they were describing those photographs, with you know little children being blooded and having you know the fox's blood smeared on Horrible. their face, I'm right behind them in that regard. But whether the Ambridge Hunt is doing that in 2022, I don't know. But I just find it somewhat peculiar that posh, entitled, well-off people dress up and uh, career all over the, the, the countryside, full stop. But there's going to be many people listening to this podcast who are going to say it's, it's traditional and maybe they aren't actually uh, hunting foxes anymore. It's just the scent or something from other. I don't know. I think it's a very hidden area. We don't know unless you're part of a hunt. Mm. And I'm not. But here in France, of course, we have the La Chasse. Mm-hmm. And they go out regularly and shoot. And then they have a meal using all the meat that they've taken in the year, in the hunting year, to celebrate. And you go along, you pay, you pay a meal, and you eat a little wild boar or a little bambi or them. I, I can't even talk about it. Mm. But it's a different attitude. Different attitude. Silly. Silly. Everybody who goes to the hunt ball at Lower Loxley knows where Lower Loxley is. Mm. Yeah. But it but it wasn't just that though because they said it was it was diverted for flooding so you Ooh. you follow the signs anyway wonderful call <laughs> my Rachel if you're having Christopher I'm having Rachel and now it's time for Sarah hi I'm Sarah from Hampshire I'm probably a Kira in terms of when I started listening to the Archers. Firstly, I just have to say I absolutely love Royfield and Jacqueline. You're a great pair, and I love listening to all the caller inners. First time caller inning, and I just wanted to say that how shocked I was about Jill's reaction to Ben, and I just couldn't believe how awful she was. It's obviously a really difficult thing that he went through, and even if he could fight for the baby, 
it's not his decision at the end of the day it's Chelsea's I'm so pleased that Ruth stood up for him which was a bit of a shock and actually really disappointed that David doesn't appear to have a backbone to stand up to his mum Ruth's very right just because you think something doesn't mean you should say it and it wasn't helping anyone anyway hope everyone has a fantastic week and keep up the good work everybody can I just say that Sarah is now my new favorite listener I can tell, I can tell. You were smiling all the way through listening to that. But I completely and utterly agree with everything she said. What? That um, we're, that we're a good because you couple? Think, Is that what you're agreeing with? Well, we are, we are. Well, of course I agree with that. <laughs> but just because you think something mm. you shouldn't doesn't mean you have to say it. Perfect premise for the rest of your life, that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's a key part of socialization, isn't it? Yeah. We can actually curb our impulses and we know that sometimes they're not going to be appropriate. What we're going to say and think can be two different things. We can still be true to ourselves, but also be mindful of our initial thoughts and curb, uh, curb those instincts. Indeed. There was a, a brilliant play on Radio 4 Drama this week that was all about a an autistic boy mm-hmm. who had the urge to have sex. Ooh. And it was about a court a court case. It wasn't big, it was on it was on Radio 4, but and it was about the court case that followed about him and his urge to have sex and whether he should be curtailed. And that is a perfect example I thought of just because you think something or want something mm. doesn't necessarily mean you should have something or say but something. But you know what, though? I want a million pounds, and I deserve a million pounds. Of course you do. Okay, just just checking that that was actually right and proper. Right now, so was that? So you enjoyed the play, did you? I can't remember the last time I actually heard a play on Radio 4. I actually avoid them, if <sighs> I'm being honest with you. Really? Mm. Oh, I, I listen to them all the time. I spend a lot of time by myself and the, my BBC sounds. I hated it to begin with and I love it now. I suppose it's a bit like Twitter. I hated it to begin with and I enjoy it now. What? You've enjoyed Twitter in the last two weeks? Controversial. It hasn't changed for me. Nothing has changed for me because I only ever use the hashtag the, the Archers. Mm. Apart from my one friend here in France who's on Twitter. If you were to withdraw from Twitter, would you not be striking a blow for those who believe that with free speech comes responsibility and we can't have total ubiquitous free speech because that promotes hate speech and there's got to be consequences for people that break those rules of civility or or norms? Yeah, and and it worries me because I'm so unable to cope with in this modern world with social medias. I've just got used to Twitter. So I need somebody to guide me Mm. in how to go about connecting with our lovely The Archers Dum De Dum community. So uh, if anybody out there can help me, please tell me, please tell us. Well, I feel you're probably on the ball because you're such a young, uh, young, connected well, you're person. Talking, only about 10 years younger than your mother. That young, 53. I've exactly kind of, 10 years. I've tapped out of Twitter, really. You know, I'm on there, but I'm I not. Know you know, I, I don't advertise the fact that I'm on Twitter. But anyway, moving swiftly on, it says two calls then. The best and the easiest way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to speakpipe dot com forward slash dum de dum and don't forget the t in the middle you can also find a link in the show notes please we need your calls by in by 6 p.m on a sunday uk time please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and bear in mind that you need to be at least 18 to take part we recorded a bit earlier today but we still got a few calls in. we did this is the people's podcast the podcast put together by the people the people who love all things Ambridge. So if you're one of those people and you are because you listen to the podcast, there are a few things that you can do. First off, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast you're listening to us on and give us a five star review. It will be hugely appreciated. And finally, the third thing is that you can consider becoming a Patreon. Patreon is a way of tipping creators and there are different levels with different rewards. So if you just go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, we would be chuffed to bits to have your support. Just like our buggy squires, Brian Holding, has done last week to become a sponsor of the show. Now, before we go back to our calls, if you would like to send us an electronic missive, go onto WhatsApp 
It's plus four four seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six plus four four seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six. And we would love to get your message and we'll read it out. And we did get one via that very same medium this week. Now back to our caller inners. Now it's time for Jonah Man Jazz. Hi, this is Jonah Man Jazz calling from Newcastle. I've got a couple of points to make this week. First one regarding Brad, Mia and the Hunt Ball. I think the way they did that story was quite good. There was a, and quite realistic, well, you know, (laughs) realistic to some extent. Brad and Mia managed to cause some disruption. Brad sort of managed to half get involved without really committing to it and without really risking getting in too much trouble. I'm really appreciating the storyline with Brad, because I'm kind of getting the impression he's torn between two different lives, the sort of establishment, country life, straight down the middle, like Oliver Sterling route, and sort of seeing, well, Oliver Sterling, he's he's got loads of money, he's really into the country pursuits, country establishment, and he could sort of be set for life. But then also on the other side, he's got Mia, who is from the country and is presenting a different way of being, not being in the mainstream, but in some ways it might be less comfortable. But I think he's persuaded by her arguments and he likes her. And that's going to be interesting. Second point is regarding the Brookfield situation. I think Royfield's always said that Brookfield's steady and boring, but the centre of the show, so not anymore. And where I think this story is heading is potentially a dementia storyline for Jill. The way she's not necessarily seeming to understand the current dynamic, she's harking back to the past. Those are certainly symptoms of a certain sort of dementia. It may have seemed to have come on a bit quickly, but we haven't heard a lot of her, and she's been with Leonard a lot. And Leonard doesn't know her that well, so he might not necessarily pick up on the differences, on the changes, subtle changes, until it's suddenly sort of all kicked off. And I was thinking, well, they did the storyline, dementia storyline with Jack, but, but then he was just sort of a peripheral character, really. And... This is really how they're going to do a proper dementia storyline with someone we've known for decades. It strikes me as sort of quite a good idea and quite a high for the actor to go out on. Speak to you soon. Yeah, good call. Mm, I agree with Jonah. I'm really enjoying the archers at the moment. Though I will freely admit I didn't equate Jill's outburst with uh, potentially with, with dementia, but he's not the only person to say this. So he, he's in good company. No, he isn't. He is in very good company. I didn't either, but maybe we're just a bit dim, Royfield. But focused on other things. <laughs> the, the only thing that I'd actually take Jonah to task with is to say that Jack was a peripheral character. He became one during the dementia storyline, but actually he was at the heart of the village, yeah. etc. He was he was the Vince Casey before Vince Casey. He was a, the successful businessman, etc. So he wasn't always peripheral. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And those of us in the who were really absolutely at the heart of the archers in the seventies and eighties. I mean, Jack were, and Captain the Dog mm. were absolutely there. They were really were the heart of the the archers storylines. Yeah, so. yeah. Mm. But most definitely, when he developed Alzheimer's, then yeah, he became a peripheral character. That that there, there is no doubt. But, but but Jonah, I hope that you're wrong about a dementia storyline for Jill. Though, as many people have said before, if you have so many elderly people in the village, age-related conditions should be an ever-present, and actually they're not. You know, so. Oh, sorry, Ryfield, I've got to stop. What are you doing here? I've got a daughter. Hello. Hello. How are you? (laughs) What are you doing here? Came to eat. I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) A 150 kilometre detour. Yeah, to eat. And to get my book because I've finished my book and I'm feeling lonely, you know. (laughs) All right. I'll go and get my book. And I think your headphones are the wrong way around again. 
Sorry, Royfield. That, right. right. So where were we? That's a surprise. <laughs> so we were talking about, yeah, about uh, age, Jonas Cole. Yeah, age-related conditions. And with so yeah. many elderly people, you know, everybody's fit, hearty and, hearty and hale, aren't they? And that shouldn't quite yeah. be the case. You know, there should be no. – everyone should have about two or three different ailments they're, they're dealing with and moaning about. You know, that would be – that would be life. But whether complaining about your back – or some other ailment makes a good a good drama. I don't really know. Right now, so so that's Jonah. We talked about old people, dementia storylines, old people's ailments. Do we have them in the arches? The, the answer is no. Should we have them? Yes. Does it make for good drama? Probably not. But who knows where they're going with this Jill storyline? Jill does have form in being pro-life. She does have form. However... She has form in being a bitch. Oh. Harsh. I know you're going to say harsh, harsh. I didn't use the word harsh. <laughs> Instead of using the word harsh, maybe you'll say scathing. That was scathing. Anyway, Ambridge Pony Club's up next. Greetings, Royfield and Jacqueline. Jen calling in here. First of all, just to say how much I enjoyed my meetup with Archer's Queen, Bernadette, and Brian in Margate. Buggy Squires and Bernadette Hawks are exactly as lovely as you'd expect them to be. We had a thoroughly nice time and I highly recommend everybody getting on that there tractor, finding your local dumdy dummers and meeting up for a bit of a chat. Lovely thing to do. And on that, can you guys get a date in the diary for the next big dumdy dum live? Because those of us who don't get much time off and have to come from overseas, we need a date and it needs to be done. It's time we all got together again. Loving the storyline with Jill. I always had her down as a nasty old bat. I mean, she she does this very public performance of being everybody's favourite fluffy granny, but she's never been that nice underneath. She can be absolutely vile to Kenton, maybe provoked, but... She's she's certainly had her moments, and I think the closest to truth we ever got with Jill and Jill's character was when she was sitting in that church and admitted to Peggy that how much she was still jealous of Grace and how much she would love to throw her handbag through the Grace Archer memorial window. I loved that moment because it just showed her truth. And then we had another flash of it again this week with her saying, yep, yeah, going nuts about four acres and, oh, you can just sell the whole lot for all I care and manipulating David who's still basically joined at the hip so yeah it's nice to see her true colours coming out, hopefully she's not just off to Felpersham, hopefully her and Leonard will manage, well hopefully she will manage to go off to the south of France or somewhere more interesting but let's get rid of Jill and just keep Leonard, he's lovely Very good Jen Very good, I'm sorry about the child that was being murdered in the background <laughs> Right, Raphael, let's talk about a date for a Dumpty Dum meetup. Well, I was actually just looking at my emails from Cara from the Academic Archers. And there are there are a couple of dates. Okay, good people. It looks like it's either going to be the 21st of April. So, good people, what we have is either a toss-up between the weekend starting Friday the 21st of April which obviously is then Saturday 22nd and then Sunday the 23rd or the week after, which is the 28th, which is the Friday, 29th is Saturday and the 30th, which is the Sunday. So those are the two possible weekends that this is going to be. What this will be, will be a mashup between the academic archers doing their conference and us getting together, having a meet, a dumpty dum meetup with some actors and doing a live show. So it's either... Friday the 21st through to Sunday the 23rd or Friday the 28th through to the 30th. Now, that doesn't mean it's necessarily going to start on the Friday, but those are the dates which we have blocked off so far. I will be speaking to Cara ASAP and we will decide on which one of those it actually is. But if you can make space in your busy diary, Madame Berto, or you good listener, listen to this whilst you go out on your run, wash your dishes or however you listen to this podcast, then we'll not be disappointed. Well, that's good. That narrows it down a bit. So the last two bit? weekends in uh, like, a bit, yeah, because it's not weeks. specific, is it? Wait a minute, there's fifty. That's a two weeks, but but wait a minute, there's two. There's yeah, 52. I can't block off. I can't block off. I've just thought. 
But I thought maybe I'd just come to the UK for two weeks. There you and go. Was both I don't know what the heck and... you're moaning about. Not many other people could afford to do that either. And then you could maybe sort out an address for your bank account as well. Oh, God, that is a ridiculous thing. <laughs> Nobody wants me. Thank you so much for everybody who's sent me. I've had so many messages from 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 you, from Theo, from lots of other people, dumpty dum people. But, in fact, my basic problem is I don't have a UK address. So, at the moment, my half-dead parents, I'm trying to persuade them to let me use their address. Hey-ho. Well, I'll come back to that. So, from Ambridge Pony Club, we go to Pip. Hello, Royfield and Jacqueline and all other Dumpty Dummers. It's Pip here from Thornton Heath. Second time caller in a row. Very much an addict now, Dumpty Dum. So thank you, everyone. Yeah, I just, I've got a rare day off in the middle of the week. So I just caught up with all of this week's archers. And I just listened to last night's episode, which was Ruth giving one hell of a fire-breathing performance to Jill, which I just thought was absolutely fantastic. I feel like Ruth, She's one of these characters that I kind of love to hate because she's just so unbelievably beige all the time. She's always trying to appease everyone. She's trying to find the middle ground. She's just trying to, oh, softly, softly, David. Like, you know, and it's just, ugh. But having her fight so fiercely for her son and finally let rip at Jill for what feels like all the things she's wanted to say all the time she's bit her tongue and trying to be diplomatic it just finally all came to a head and she just let rip and i just thought it was fantastic so a comment on that and and also you know i know that we had to have inevitably some sort of run in between the sort of I would say maybe the older generation of Ambridge who are still quite C of E and sorry Church of England and you know really maybe a traditionalist view on the options available to people when they obviously fall pregnant when they weren't planning to so it was good to have that point of view but I thought it was absolutely completely unacceptable for Jill to say that when she said it so I'm glad Ruth let rip thanks so much everybody bye yep it was awesome wasn't it yeah it was awesome. It was a laugh out loud, hooray, hooray, hooray moment when when Ruth let rip. It was 40 years worth of frustration, wasn't it? And just, yeah. <laughs> if you've ever had a mother-in-law, you know what that feels like. <laughs> the other thing is as well that it really does highlight David and his supineness, <gasps> is that the wrong word? I don't know whether that's a good word or a bad word, Royfield, but that sounds about right. What Jill said to Ben, regardless of the rights and wherefores, was bang out of order, especially when you know the boy's a bit fragile. Again, this is the reason why we love this thing, because it was just great character-driven drama. Jill does have what? form. She does believe that How? life starts at conception. Here you have Ben, who is going through the mire. He's putting himself through it that has caused this hurt. Then you have Ruth, who's been for four, for the best part of 40 years, has wanted to tell Jill a few home truths. <laughs> and then you have David, uh, caught, you know, like a rabbit in, in the headlights. Was Yeah, but he asked for it, David. God, he was really ridiculous. He is ridiculous in that he won't support his own family because his mum's there. Well, it it feels like he's got divided loyalties. And the fact of the matter is, you're married Mm -hmm. to Ruth. Your mother's your mother, yes, but you're married to Ruth and you have children. And you have children with her. So that's the side you have to take. You know, (laughs) after the argument, then if you turn around, to your partner and say i thought you went a little over the top that's yeah. what you do but there and then there's only one side to be on but <laughs> absolutely <laughs> what about the cooking of the chili though do you think that was a rapprochement between <laughs> ruth was trying I, to be nice to david by cooking a chili just like susan does well i, I don't know if bit of chili means the same in the uh, brookfield residence <sighs> as it does for neil and susan but i just thought even that was just brilliant. You know, the afters, so to speak. Everybody's had a few days to cogitate and to think about it, but still passions are still, still raw, so to speak. Indeed. But at the start of that scene, Ruth, she tried to talk uh, gently to Leonard about it. Yeah. And isn't Leonard a lovely man? He is. Even the hens like him. (laughs) 
<laughs> what he is, he's, he's trying to be Kofi Annan, isn't he? Boutress, Boutress well, he is guy. Kofi Annan, yeah, isn't he? But like, get, <laughs> Kofi Annan didn't get, you know, his head taken off. You know, yeah, yeah you know, that's Paul, true. <laughs> Paul Leonard. And I did appreciate, David says, you know, this ain't Leonard's fault. Leonard's just trying to, you know, be a peacemaker here. And then yeah. and it was a great bit of acting when Ruth goes Good. back to Leonard and says, I'm really sorry and blah, blah, blah. You could really hear it in her voice. You know, she said, I did overstep the mark. And then we didn't expect that little grenade to go off at the end, you know, Jill's saying, oh, this is kind no. of nonsense. And you're selling the farm. And you know what? I'm leaving. Where's she going? Yeah, but where's she going? Exactly. Where's she going? Yeah. <laughs> so, Pip, thank you for that call. Now it's time for David. Hi, Royfield and Jacqueline and all Dumpty Dummers. It's David Mullis here. Thank you for the Daves on Twitter. Calling you from a very cold and rainy, wet Leicestershire, where unfortunately I'm currently having to look after my mother, who's been recently diagnosed with dementia, whilst my dad's recovering from a broken leg in hospital. So all hands to the pump here and family coming first which in some ways is quite the opposite of the way things they've gone at Brookfield and the Archers family. Just some comments. Last week I called in and I mentioned that I had a lot of decisions and found it very hard to, to make the right decision and, and feel that my mental health wasn't in any jeopardy when we were discussing my now wife's first pregnancy with our, our near 19-year-old son as he is now. And indeed, when I thought about some of the awful, really awful things that Jill had said, it did remind me of some circumstances in which my own mother, even at that point, had said that, are you sure the baby's yours? When she'd found out that two weeks after we got engaged, we were actually expecting. These things really do cut deep. And though I had the support of my now wife, it was an absolutely awful thing that anyone's ever said. You know, I fell in love very quickly. You know, not dissimilarly to our good friend, Mr. Hancock, that's appearing on ITV currently. But... We were engaged within eight weeks after we'd met. And when you click and find the right person, you do. And then finding out two weeks later that we were expecting, once we'd made the, the decision and come to terms with what we were going to do, we went hell for leather for it. It didn't change anything we wanted to do. Largely with our lives, what we've been able to do in that respect is just do everything we've wanted to, but just not necessarily in the right order. So I do sympathise and empathised tremendously with Ben and with Ruth and I was delighted that Ruth gave Jill a good talking to and hopefully there'll be a positive resolution and Ben will get the assistance that he actually needs. Take care everyone. <sighs> what, a, what comes around comes around what happens that is so but to think that he's there caring for his mum who's diagnosed with dementia and his mum made a comment 20 years ago that could have, cut, well, obviously did cut him to the quick. Yeah, and that, I know that's real life. And those are the things that we like that come into the archers as well. You know, things do react over the years. But, but David, thank you so much for sharing that with mm. us. You know, it's impressive. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm very touched by your call. Yeah, because of, of honesty and, and, and vulnerability in, in your family stories. And it just shows us how this drama does mirror what people have actually experienced in, in, in real life, which makes it even more realistic and uh, poignant for us on an individual basis. David, please continue to call in. I love your insights and your asides. Now we're going to go to Jenny. Hi, I'm a first-time caller in Ara. I'm calling in from Northern Virginia. I grew up listening to The Archers with my mum in rural Cheshire. I feel like The Archers has been around me my whole life. I think my mum actually named myself and my sister after characters. My name's Jennifer, my sister is Elizabeth, and that's kind of been continued because my husband is a Justin and I named my daughter Emma. I actually listen to The Archers with my daughter now. She's only eight and it generally sends her to sleep. Anyway, some really interesting plot lines recently in The Archers, obviously here in America, Abortion has been in the headlines an awful lot recently, and uh, The Archers has really shed light on all the complexities of the issue. But yeah, I wanted to talk about how, just a tiny thing, I really liked Ben talking to Bess, his dog, 
And I think in crazy times, our animals and pets can bring a lot of support and hoping that Ben can help ground himself again in a totally different train of thought. Would love it if they ever introduced an American character. It could be a lot of fun. I'm not sure if they've done this before. Maybe a distant cousin or a friend. I don't know. But I really enjoy listening to the podcast as well. There's not many people I can chat to about farming docu-dramas here in North Virginia. (laughs) So it's just really lovely to get your weekly podcast. I listen to it when I'm walking my dog around the neighborhood trails here. Anyway, I'll wrap it up. Keep up all the good work and lots of love from across the ocean. Thank you for that. First time caller in a Welcome, Jenny. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the bosom of the family. Question. Americans on the Archers. Was it Cameron Fraser? Who was the... Cameron Fraser, yeah. He was the person who knocked up Lizzie. Yeah. And she had an abortion. But he was... Was he Canadian or American? Well, I have an idea that he was Canadian. I think he oh, was Roy Canadian Field. too. Bad research, Royfield. Well, it, was, it was no research. We've been criticised for this just, before. <laughs> no research. Just try, try when and I remember. heard Jenny's call mm-hmm. yesterday, I did think I must look that up, but I never have. But what about the lady who was friends many, many, this might be before your time. There was a lady who had a house in Ambridge who was great friends with the dog lady, Laura, with, well, I think her name was Laura. Huh? Uh, the the dog lady's Marjorie that's all I've got. Us. But there was another lady around the same sort of time, or maybe a few years before, who was called Laura, mm. with Colonel somebody or other. Danby. Isn't it Colonel Danby? Colonel, I don't know, but she had an American, or a, sorry, a North American accent, but I couldn't say it's Canadian or American. But yes, I think somebody needs to sweep in what about some owner of Great Gables being an American? That'd be good. And as I'm furiously looking at, at my phone here to see where Cameron Fraser was actually from, I'd got a feeling he was he's actually Canadian. But it was Colonel Colonel Freddie Danby. The yeah. Lodge. Didn't he have Laura? Yes, Laura who was Archer. Lodge is Laura Archer at Ambridge Hall. He was a widower. Pre Susan. Well, pre. Uh, well, this is pre me. Robert and. Uh, well, it's pre-Robert and Linda. and Linda at Ambridge Hall, yeah. Well, and Laura. that's totally pre-me because Colonel Danby, I know the name, but I do not know the character. So this is what, early 80s, late 70s? Late 70s, I would have said. Oh, here yeah. we go. Definitely around when I first started listening regularly. Cameron on, Fraser, but it doesn't actually say where he's from. Cameron Fraser came to Ambridge <laughs> in 1990 when he bought the Barrow Estate from Lillian Bellamy. He became quite the local villain during his relatively brief tenure. Mike Tucker lost an eye in an accident. Carolyn Bone, later Sterling, and Marjorie Andrebus were swindled out of, size, out of a size of a portion of their savings. And a pregnant Elizabeth Archer was abandoned at a motorway service station as he fled overseas to escape arrest. He had also attempted to rape Shula. Good heavens. Good gracious, no idea. Well, if that's Didn't the type of North American we have over here in Britain, yeah, we, we don't, we don't want, want any more. But it's a good idea, Jenny. Good idea, Jenny. Well, maybe yeah. we should have your Justin you know, it, it, on. It's, it's a good idea in theory, but the practice has not worked out hmm. no. in, in average. No. Well, maybe we need a nice American. Uh, you must know some me. nice Americans, uh, uh, Royfield, uh, in California. Are any of them nice? Are they, though? You know, oh, come that on. Witherspoon. You're calling from California then. Mm. Oh, yeah, that Witherspoon. We like him. Do we? I've got my, I've got my eye do. on him. I've got my eye on him, I tell you. But anyway, ooh, oh, well. t- talking about Witherspoon, guess who's next? <laughs> <laughs> Good link. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Royfield, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Originally, I wanted to talk a bit about Brad, the quality of his relationships with others, and the mentee-mentor relationship with Oliver, which may very well be in danger. It's pretty obvious Oliver will find out what Brad and Mia did. I predict Oliver's first reaction will be to withdraw his financial support of Brad, and that's when it will get messy. I'm hoping that all will be well that ends well. We'll see. Now, on to Jill. I'm sure that's what most caller errors will be talking about today. Her changes in personality and her emotional outbursts lead me to clinical speculation, of course. Many will imagine she has dementia, but what type? 
Alzheimer's disease is the most common cause of the symptoms of dementia, but there are others. Remember, dementia includes both cognitive changes and psychological changes in a person. I think Jill, age 91, has frontotemporal dementia. This dementia, as the name indicates, affects the frontal and temporal lobes of the brain, the areas generally associated with personality and behavior. Dramatic personality changes, inappropriate and impulsive behaviors, impaired judgment, and lack of empathy, sound like Jill, are followed by apathy and withdrawal. Very sad indeed. Well, that's my hunch. Talk to you soon. Gosh. Nothing like a professional point of view. Well done for that, Mr. Spoon. And, and yes, right. this Jill Archer could well be suffering from that, that form uh, of dementia. Uh, only time will tell. Go on, Isn't her voice a bit weak, though? But don't you think her voice has been very waffly? Well, no, it, it, she most definitely, her, her <clears throat> voice is weak. And the first time I heard her again, this was some, some months ago, she was obviously suffering with something, whether it was, you know, a mm. terrible bout of a cold. cold or flu, because it literally didn't mm. even sound like her. Now it sounds like her. Mm. But, you know, I don't know how old Paddy, the actor who plays Jill, is, but, you know, she's not getting she's any younger. She's in her 90s. Yeah, she's not getting any younger, which is – and you really – and which is another marvel about June Spencer, that she's kept yeah. her – you know, the strength in her voice <gasps> – so strong yeah. yeah yeah and in fact i'm quite interested in how this jill storyline is going to work out because she has been known to be nasty i recognize that she's been nasty and i don't like her for it strong will okay she's got a viewpoint well who hasn't but maybe she doesn't want to go out as a in a whimper and i read something about this this week Maybe it's the actor, her, that said, right, I want to go out being antsy, aggressive and nasty rather than being Jill, always there supporting the family, cooking flapjacks or throwing flapjacks. But maybe that's what it's all about. And if that's the way the actor wants to go, good for her. You know, that, that's that's utterly a fair point. And I hadn't, hadn't thought about that, that the actor who played Jack Woolley, whose name I just forget escapes yeah. Me, yeah but he was suffering from dementia in real, real life, life yeah so that was incredibly poignant and then peggy the character of peggy played by june spencer her husband had died from dementia so uh, mm. i i believe i could be wrong with this but i believe she was a big advocate for the story in the planning stage because it meant something to mm. her and and i and i suppose yes if if you are 91 there aren't too many big storylines left, really, if we've been brutal about it. And this could be a way of signing off very poignantly for for the character, for us, the listeners as well. She's been in it since, what, the 50s? The late 50s? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. And we know her as a mixed character, really. You know, she's always had this bitterness about grace, blah, 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 and... The rest of it. But yeah, well, I think we're seeing the beginning of the end of Jill. Goodness. Said like that. Let, ooh, you're going to make ooh, me ooh, let's cry. well up. Anyway, right. I need to be rescued. Maybe Clint, formerly cycling Christine, will we'll do that. Hello, Roy Field, Jacqueline and all fellow Dumpty Dummers. This is formerly cycling Christine here. This is Wednesday, so early in the week. And I just wanted to call it about Monday's fantastic episode. I have to say recently, I have been getting so fed up with some of the awful episodes, clunky storylines, driven me to distraction at times. And I have thought at times, do I really want to continue listening to drivel like this? And then suddenly, out of the blue, we get Monday's episode with the magnificence of Ruth's rant at Jill. And you could feel the, I don't know, 35... 40 years of pent-up frustration of having to bite her tongue for so many years, everything all coming out. And it just felt so raw, so real and was absolutely brilliant. And I suddenly thought, yes, that's why I listened to it and why I've listened for so long, because you get something that feels real and it unfolds in real time. And 
just absolutely wonderful episode. Don't know how it's going to resolve, but I could just feel myself in Ruth's shoes over as you can sometimes and thinking, yeah, whatever you have thought of Ruth at times, this was perfect spot on and the writing and the acting perfect too. So greetings to you all. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye bye. Perfectly agree. Mm-hmm. Bye bye, Christine. Great. As we said earlier on, same theme. Good acting. Good acting is <laughs> tremendous acting. <laughs> and yeah. and also just that wonderful payoff. If you have been a listener of some vintage, I can't quite say as I agree that Jill is, what do you call her? Bitchy? I can't remember exactly the word you use, but... I, a cow? Historically, she hasn't been. However, she has been... Historically, she's been horrible. She's been, she was horrible when Lizzie had an abortion. She was horrible when the Fairbrothers, irrationally horrible She's because their name was Fairbrother. always had a thing against the Fairbrother family. That there is no doubt. She's a matriarch. And what matriarch, well, I'm just going to the other Wait side a minute. now. You know, you what know matriarch you're a matriarch, don't you? So before, I am. before I you, am indeed. you knock women of a certain stature, right, I'm just pointing out that you as a mother and of a grandmother, and of somebody who is standing in your village, you are also a matriarch. But anyway, now I've said that, please continue. <clears throat> well, Reinfeld, mm-hmm. as I said at the beginning of the show, you introduced me as the creepy older woman. Well, I to, am to be fair, a not creepy. To be fair, I read out what you wrote on the script. That's true. I'm not a creepy older woman, but I'm a woman that knows her own mind. I won't be bombasted into being, or whatever the expression is, into being told that I'm not, I don't know my own mind. Jill is just like me. So I say no more. Right. <laughs> okay. Now we get into, I admit now it. We get into okay. the truth of the matter. So when you see Jill, you see a reflection of yourself. Uh, you you see, her... she's a woman of her time. Mm-hmm. She's a woman of her time. Now you're trying to slightly wriggle out of the situation you well, put it's yourself all of, It's a mix, isn't it? It's oh, a mix. It's it a mix. Now. Right. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just a... Right. Have we done all the call I believe now? we have. So this week we had one email. Yes. Which slaps Royfield on the wrists. Mm-hmm. Proper. It says, hi, Royfield, please, in caps, stop saying that Chelsea is only 17. She had her 18th birthday in September at the same time as Alistair's 60th. There was talk of them sharing a party as Tracy couldn't afford one for Chelsea. In the end, it never happened for either of them, as they as that was when Chelsea ran away. She's definitely 18, not 17, from Debbie. Debbie... I stand corrected. But I think my fundamental point still really stands that prior to Chelsea having the termination, I would say that she's a pretty immature 18 year old emotionally. And then also with her, just her just dithering on that decision, because this is, it's, this is a life altering decision for, for the mother. However, she's displayed great maturity since saying that this thing will not define it has happened and as i said last week also dealing with the gossip in the village but i still think my point still fundamentally stands but yes i completely forgot she's 18 she did she was going to have potentially have a birthday with alistair my wrist is slapped listen there you go so that is an email rinner or at least a messenger rinner if you'd like to join debbie by sending us a message go on to whatsapp and it's plus four four seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six. And you can send us a free message from anywhere on planet Earth. So again, it's plus four four seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six. And we'll read that out on a further show. Now we've done email rinners or messenger rinners. It's time for Facebook to see what our Facebook party have been talking about on guess what? Facebook. Brookfield is still suffering the after-effects of the termination, and that is what most of the discussion has been about this week. After the argument between Ruth and Jill, I posted that I was with Ruth. Witherspoon noted that David is still tied to his mother's apron strings. Emma Louise Woodhouse commented that decades of tongue-biting were spinning out there, T. Brown Artivist CA was glad to see Ruth finally get a backbone. That was a very popular episode. 
and Royfield thought that a round of applause was needed for all concerned. David Gregg thought it was great to hear Ruth stand up to the clan Omerta. Jan Mitchell said that it's so empowering when you hear someone speaking truth to power like that. Margaret Yu thought it was like high noon with flapjacks. Paul Eggers said that for once I'm 100% behind Ruth and David needs to grow a few vertebrae along with some cojones. David has been described as a wimp and a drip. Karen Bamford is a fan of Ruth and is glad she's back in other people's good books. Justine Summers thought that it could be an uncomfortable Christmas at Brookfield. Well, that was before Jill announced that she was going to leave. Carolyn Wright said, oh, it's Jake's it. Richard Woodfield would miss her lemon drizzle cake. Cottia Howard wondered what would happen to Stir Up Sunday. And Marianne Perk thought that Jill had stirred up enough already. Someone listeners wondered if Jill was developing dementia. Paul Duke thought that it would explain the change of character and lack of empathy with Ben. Ruth cooked a chilli for dinner. Listeners like Ruth Pearl and Joanne Smith couldn't help referring to Susan and Neil and their special occasions. John Mitchell shared a link where Patricia Green hinted that she would like to retire. Amanda Whiteley is married to a farmer and has discussed the plan to sell off a piece of Brookfield land. She said that he would not sell land but would take out a loan. And onto the Hunchball storyline. Suzanne still wondered why a lad such as Brad would forfeit his future for such stupidity. And she doesn't believe that he would sabotage himself. Storyline makes her mad. Jan Mitchell thinks that it's because Brad fancies Mia. Well, I think we all agree on that. Witherspoon thinks that Brad's tendency is to be a people pleaser. It took a lot of stuff going on to stand up to George. Well, that's all from me from now. Thank you for that. And and everybody else who has posted their thoughts on the Dumpty Dump Facebook group. Now, this week we have three lovely new members and we welcome to the them to the group. We have Sean Brown. Lulu. And Lena Bortner. So, Ryfield, have we had any reviews um, this week? We don't have any ugly ones, any bad ones. We do have a good one. And it says, better than Ambridge. I've been listening to this podcast for nearly a year and look forward to the weekly episode. Always thoughtfully written, written, write anything on this podcast and presented. We kind of do. We kind of do, Rosefield, <laughs> but not really. It's fluid. Yeah. I think uh, there are markers in the sand, Penny, which we put and then we just riff from there. But thank you for saying it's always thoughtfully written and and presented and that it never lets you down lovely review Aww. and and she gave us five stars and she posted that to apple Podcasts in the united states and that's penny pempkins which is a lovely surname I've never heard of pempkins before it is a lovely surname and she's in the u.s of it yes absolutely so. Royfield, I know we've already talked about it a bit, but do we need to talk about Twitter and the uh, at Archers Twitter long? <laughs> yes, we do. We are on Twitter for the time being anyway. Let's see how this mass exodus, if it actually pans out. So if you are on Twitter, we are on Twitter under at Dumdydum. We always include the hashtag The Archers, the capital T and capital A, so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. Also, the hashtag is your opening for the tweet along, both in the evenings and during the omnibus. Please try and include at dum in your tweet so more people get to see, which helps keep our community growing. As well as at dum on Twitter, Madame Berta, I believe you're also, also on that platform. I am, and I do treat, tweet a lot about the archers, but about other stuff as well. And I am at Jberto Sanguen. Talking about Twitter, it must be time for Tweet of the Week. Hello, Royfield, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of Tweets of the Week. Twitter is feeling like a very uncertain place right now. So a big thank you to those of the archers, tweet-alongers who are hanging in there and sharing the fun. For those who've moved over to Mastodon, where tweets are called toots, Lomalindy12 at Lomalindy12 points out 
that if you join the archers hashtag on Mastodon, you'd be joining a Mastodon ding-a-ling-a-ding-dong. I hope I don't have to say that every week going forwards. I also want to give a big thank you to my posse who sent me suggestions for Tweet of the Week. I think you'll spot some of yours this week. One of this week's candidates even nominated themselves. Please do keep them coming. My thread of the week, for those who don't look at Twitter, was st- started by Camilla Pargeter. You remember her, Nigel's sister. She told us all about a dream she had about hashtag the archers Twitterati interviewing aspiring scriptwriters. We questioned them closely about family connections, number of bedrooms, who are the silents like the gills, present issues facing farmers, and we were draconian in dismissing the lightweights. We then told the successful scripties that their first scriptwriting conference would be with us over lunch at the Ivy. A number of volunteers joined Camilla's thread and offered to help with the interviewing and the lunch. Meanwhile, for those who've been more focused on the hunt ball and its saboteurs, or shouting at Jill and David this week, here are the medals. In bronze position, it's Pipsqueak at Pipsqueed 27895514. I thought the hollow tree strip was a lady's downstairs haircut. In silver, it's worst character of the week at WCOW Archers. Many of the Archers listeners are alone and confused after finding out that they agree with Ruth for the last few days. If you can help, please do send money, food or whatever will help them find their way to somewhere safe where they can recover. And in gold, it's Finton T at Finton the Wrong. If Ben ever does have kids, he should call every one of them Grace. That's it for this week. Hope to see you all on Twitter next week. Thank you, Theo. Thank you, Purple Pumpkin. And well done. Don't forget, we're also on Instagram where you can find us where we're at Dumpty Dum. So please do follow us there and you'll be in the capable hands of our Katie. And thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices and to our lovely podcasting godmother, Lucy B. Freeman. There you go, good people. There's been a dum dum And I don't know how I've managed to get to the end of this dum dum not even mention the World Cup, but we managed to do that. You've been very brave. World Cup, Formula One. <sighs> well... Yeah, you've been very good. Can I talk about Strictly then? But I haven't talked about the World Cup. No, so I can't talk about Strictly. No, I'm, not, no, no. I'm just saying, I, and I haven't <laughs> spoken about it. We were about, And then he says, so can you then talk about Strictly? <laughs> I haven't spoken about the World Cup. Keeper comes, it's popped in the air. Al Sheep is lost in space. The ball's bobbling around the overhead kick in the opening goal. And Valencia, Ecuador's all time leading score, has put the visitors in front. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.